3: Hey, it's the Tom Hartman Podcast brought to you by Cameron Hughes Wine. There's a little secret that most people don't know about the highest quality wineries in the United States and how they work. They'll say, you know, as they start their year, okay, we're going to bottle, say, 5,000 bottles of wine this year. And so they overproduce for that, produce enough for maybe 6,000 bottles of wine, but you know, they've, they've sold 5,000, they're ready to get 5,000 out, And so that's basically all they do under their own label. And then when they're done, they've got casks of wine left over that haven't been bottled. Cameron Hughes contracts with some of the very best vineyards in America to take that essentially surplus wine. I mean, you know, it's the exact same wine you would buy in a bottle for 50, 60, 100 one of the Cameron Hughes wines I had last week, the retail price, if you knew who the brand was, was over $150 a bottle. Cameron Hughes buys that in bulk, bottles it, puts just a simple number. Here it is, Lot 546 or Lot 622, simple number on it, and you get some of the most spectacular wines at huge discounts off what you would normally pay. Cameron Hughes has been doing this since 2001, seeking out high-end wine from around the world and selling it online direct to his customers. This is not just American wines, earning Cameron Hughes wine the number one wine brand online. It's just extraordinary stuff. Uh, I recently sampled Lot 609. This is a Cabernet Sauvignon. It was insane. It was so good. It was bold, it was rich. It had the, the black fruit and red licorice and crushed red rock, all these, these extraordinary tastes, juicy and ripe on the palate. You gotta check this out. Go to chwine.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M, C-H as in Cameron Hughes. That's his name, he, the guy who started the company and runs it. I've talked with him. He's a great guy, and he's doing amazing stuff. chwine.com slash T-H-O-M, or text the word wine, W-I-N-E, text the word wine to 511-511, and you'll get free shipping with your minimum three-bottle order. So text wine to 511-511, Cameron Hughes, wine. Exceptional value. Extraordinary wine. Now enjoy the podcast.
2: This is the Tom
3: Hartman Program. Greetings my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. Uh, Jeff Sessions is being challenged by his church. I grew up in the United Methodist Church. I was ordained in the uh, Coptic Fellowship, the Coptic Church, and was pastor of their church for two years in Detroit, uh, on and off most of two years, and uh, also for some time in Lansing, Michigan, uh, and Atlanta, Georgia, for that matter. But uh, I grew up in the United Methodist Church, and the United Methodist Church is saying to Jeff Sessions, "Um, hey, buddy, uh, you have broke the law. 600 United Methodist clergy and church members have, uh, written a letter to the, to the church heads, uh, 640 clergy members and laity urging some degree of accountability saying the charging him under church law with quote, child abuse, immorality, racial discrimination, and dissemination of doctrines contrary to the standards of doctrine of the United Methodist church. Now, First of all, I want to point out, and I'm going to get to this after after this little bit of the rant. But I want to point out that Donald Trump is very happy with all the brouhaha, right? We're not discussing the investigations into whether his campaign colluded with Russia or attempted to collude with Russia or other countries to become president of the United States. Whether he's a, an illegitimate president, we're not discussing that. We're not discussing the corruption of Scott Pruitt. We're not discussing. Mick Mulvaney's efforts to destroy the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. We're not discussing the end of net neutrality and Ajit Pai's role in that. Uh, we're not, you know, we're, we're, you know, I, I'm going to get to many of these things, but, but my point is, broadly speaking, and I'm not talking about this program, I'm talking about the media in general. The media in general are not discussing any of these issues because they are focused entirely on these kids at the border. Now, that said... And I realize Donald Trump wants us talking about this because he wants to divert attention. And as I said, we've, there are other things and we will get to those other things. But that said, the thing that astonishes me are the people who call themselves Christians. Uh, NBC last night interviewed a guy down in Texas who said, I think it's all a hoax, right? You know, these kids are just actors, essentially. Uh, you know, the, the charge that, uh, what was it, Ann Coulter made, I guess it was. And and yesterday I I got really angry with somebody on the phone uh, who called in and I said, you know, you have no G.D. I said the word the words out loud. uh, No G.D. soul. If you know, if if you're in favor of this. And uh, shortly thereafter, a woman called uh, very offended that I had said, you know, that phrase, you know, condemning, uh, you know, on behalf of God condemning this person, shall we say, uh, which was how I took it. But anyhow, here's uh, my conversation with her. Jerry in Woodridge, Illinois. Hey, Jerry, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's on your mind today?
4: Yes, Jerry. Um, I was very dishaustful to hear him say, use to God's name in vain. That was very my, that was awful.
3: My swearing on the air, Jerry, you're offended by it?
4: Yes, I was.
3: Okay, I apologize so, to you, Jerry. I'm sorry. I should ask God for forgiveness because that was his name. But anyway, um, I was just wondering your donations
4: and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much money are you going to give the illegal ch- children that's locked up? And how many of them are you guys going to take home and support?
3: Because we're tired of supporting them.
4: Yeah. And I see, see
1: that
3: you're
4: sitting there.
3: Jerry. I'm not even going to say out loud what I'm so tempted to say. I was, I, <laughs> you know, boy, oh, boy. Well, I've calmed down a little bit, and I just want to tell I want to talk to to those people out there. And I know you're listening because, you know, they yesterday, Louise was uh, screening calls and some woman called in screaming F you, F And and I mean, literally dozens of people calling, uh, screaming obscenities on behalf of Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump is not a racist. F you, F you, F you. Uh, And calling repeatedly over and over and over again. Yes, we do have caller ID. (laughs) You know, no, I'm not going to read your phone number on the air, but we'll just block it. But, uh, you know, uh, but it, it, it troubles me that people who were raised in the same religion I was, the Christian religion, are... Are taking this position when apparently they're completely ignorant about their own religion and so to Jerry and other people who may think of themselves as people of goodwill and as good Christians I just want to share with you Matthew 25 we've talked about this on the air many times it's the basis of Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal it's the basis of the humanity that informs the the existence of this country And yes, you know, we violated it 16 ways to Sunday in our history, but, you know, hopefully we get better and better. We're not right now. But this is the parable that Jesus is sitting down with his disciples, and they're saying, how do we get to heaven? You know, we want to be with you when we die. And he's like, well, you know, well, here's the story. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, in other words, when I, you know, you want to hang out with me and all the angels with him, I'm going to sit on my glorious throne. He said, all the nations will be gathered before me. Now, notice he says all the nations, not all the people, all the nations. So we're talking about the fate of entire nations here in this parable. So the United States will be gathered before him, right? And he said, and he will separate the people from one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from his goats. Now, even if you're not religious, even if you're an atheist, if you have anybody religious in your, in your life or your family, you need to know this parable, you need to inform people about it. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. In other words, the good guys are on my right-hand side, the bad guys are on my left-hand side. The good guys are going to heaven, the bad guys are going to hell. And then the king will say to those on his right, the good guys, the sheep. He says, "Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink." I was a stranger and you invited me in. Keep in mind, he said, the nations of the world, he's judging, not the individuals. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the disciples freak out. And they said, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? Because they had never seen him do any of those things. All they ever saw him do was feed people and heal people. Oh my God, we're not going to get into heaven. And Jesus said, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, the nations who refuse to take in the strangers, to heal, to offer food, drinks, visit in prison. He said, Then I will say to those on your left, on my on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And then those people, right, will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger and did not help you, right? Kristen Nielsen, Donald Trump, Mike Pence, if you're listening, Christian Mike, and Jesus said, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Now go away to eternal punishment and the righteous to eternal life. So that's the, uh, that's the biblical reality of it. Now, in the meantime, uh, today is World Refugee Day, and our Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is is uh, saying, we continue to help the world's most vulnerable of refugees, reflecting the deeply held views of the American people. Yes, honest to God. He said that today. And you'll recall in that rant from Jesus, you know, the nations that don't care for the hungry among them, the nations that don't care for the, for the thirsty among them, the nations that don't care for the sick among them are, are condemned in Matthew 25, 31 through 46. This from today's Washington Post, House Republicans released a proposal Tuesday that would balance the budget in nine years by making large cuts to entitlement programs, including Medicare. The House Budget Committee is aiming to pass the blueprint this week while we're all yelling about immigrants, right? Budget chairman Steve Womack, Republican from Arkansas. The time is now for our Congress to step up and confront the biggest challenge to our society. There is no bigger problem, no bigger enemy on the domestic side than debt and deficits caused, by the way, by the Republican tax scam. They want to privatize Medicare, cut $537 billion out of Medicare over the next 10 years. They want to block grant Medicaid and limit it Limit the per capita payments. In other words, you have a lifetime cap on Medicaid and caps on the amount of money that you can spend if you're sick and poor. They want to add more work requirements. And they want to cut Social Security by $4 billion. They want to add more work requirements for food stamps and welfare recipients. And they want to cut $230 billion out of support for education and training programs, including reducing Pell Grants. So they're gonna make it. This is this is the Republicans' plan. These guys who call themselves Christians. We're gonna cut health care to poor people and vulnerable people. We're gonna cut health care to working the working poor. We're gonna cut health care to the retired. We're gonna cut social security payments and make it harder for people to pay for their food and their shelter and 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 whatnot. By the way, the title of the new Republican budget A Brighter American Future. We're going to cut education for young people. We're going to cut training programs for people who've lost their jobs thanks to our our crazy trade policies and and, and everything else. This is what the Republicans are doing. And and I'm, I'm telling you, Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and all these other moral criminals in the White House are very, very happy that we're all, you know, sputtering angrily about children being tortured on our southern border and not discussing all the rest of this stuff. There is a lot going on. We can you know, walk and chew gum at the same time and even talk. This this abomination is extraordinary. So anyhow, more of the news of the day and your calls right after this. It's coming up on 18 minutes, or it's a little after, 18 minutes past the hour. This is the Tom Hartman Program. It's your media support group for we the people. The Tom Hartman Program, fair and only slightly unbalanced. And welcome back. Thanks so very much, by the way, for being with us today. Oh, my. Let's see here. Gretchen, watching Free Speech TV in Salem, Virginia. Hey, Gretchen, what's on your mind today?
4: Hi, Tom. Thank you for yesterday and getting back to that woman with Matthew 25. I think that was so appropriate. Um, I have something I would like to say. Um, First of all, I called this line because I was going to donate, because I was going to do the actually $40 a month thing, but then I called the wrong line, but I have something to say. So I will call back on a different line to do that. Okay. Let me say what it is. And I'm, uh, I can't hear you if I'm talking, so when I stop, I'll put my speakerphone so I can hear you. Um, this is what I want to say. God or man, who is going to legislate against having sociopaths as our leaders? Because sociopaths are by definition not leaders. They don't have empathy, therefore they're not leaders. So who is going to take up this mantle? i'm
3: gonna I'm done talking well, it's a very interesting question, Gretchen. Uh, really, what you're asking is what what is leadership? Are you not?
4: Yeah, uh, if a leader doesn't have empathy, how can they be a leader?
3: Well, it depends on your definition. I mean, you know the uh, what John Dean points out in his book, Conservatives Without Conscience is that there is this authoritarian personality that is uh, very, very broadly represented across the Republican Party. And uh, most authoritarians are actually authoritarian followers within their own homes, you know, with their, with their kids and typically their wives, typically these are men. Uh, they, are, they, they view themselves as authoritarian leaders, but they're really just browbeaters. You know, they're, they're just, they're just uh, little petty tyrants, but they want to follow an authoritarian. And Donald Trump, with his utter lack of empathy, I believe the man is a sociopath. I don't believe he has the ability to feel empathy. And I think that Mike Pence is damn close to that, Um, that that Donald Trump to those people is a leader because he's he's saying the things that they're thinking. He's he's uh, being, quote, strong. Uh, You know, I think that that's actually a form of weakness being a bully. But, you know, whatever. And uh, so they're, you know, they're very happy to follow him, and and uh, and and any other, you know, uh, uh, sociopathic leader, any other authoritarian leader. So really, you know, I, I would say, Gretchen, that authoritarians. That, that maybe f- 10 to 15, maybe as much as 20 percent of our population. Authorian, authoritarian followers uh, are, uh, believe that authoritarian leaders are actually ex- exhibiting leadership, whereas the rest of us view leadership in the kind of John Kennedy fashion that it's inspiring. It's, it's, it's drawing us to a new and better vision of the future. In fact, frankly, as much as Ronald Reagan screwed things up, that was his rhetoric. That's how he seduced people, was by talking about the city on the hill and the bright shining future and we're going to make a better world and you know he used all the right rhetoric his policies were, were terrible but he had the right rhetoric Trump doesn't even have the right rhetoric he, he's just spreading hate and fear and and you know there's some I, I guess the majority of the percentage of authoritarian followers like that hate and fear but I think your point is well taken Gretchen I think your point is very well taken thank you for the call it's great to hear from you it's 22 and a half minutes past the hour i will be right back Back, Tom Harbin here with you, and uh, let the, you know there's there like I said there's a lot in the news. I talked about the she the parable of of the sheep's and the goats, and sure enough, right right behind, just as we're all getting all upset about these kids at the border, and legitimately so, the Republicans are coming along and saying, "Hey, keep that conversation going for another week, while we cut." billions of dollars out of social security hundreds of billions of dollars out of medicare hundreds of billions of dollars out of medicaid and 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 basically destroy the uh the the educational grants programs in the united states at the at the same time that mike pompeo our secretary of state say oh we recognize the most vulnerable refugees among the world i'm sorry that's those are refugees on our southern border what the hell are you talking about Miss Milley over at Democratic Underground says, there's something else going on. I can feel it. The administration's actually letting it stay in the news cycle this way. It must be a smokescreen for something. You're right. You're right. And it's, a, it's basically, I mean, this Donald Trump controls the news cycle. He understands that. He has been doing this his whole life. If he had simply taken that couple hundred million dollars that, he, that his father gave him and invested it in the Dow Jones Industrial Average back in the 60s when his dad gave it to him. He would today be worth more than 10 billion dollars. That's the, the the brilliance of investing in the market when you're young, right? Regardless of where the market's at, it's you know it's something. If you have the ability to do it, even you can set aside 10, 20 dollars a month to do it's something that you should do. But Donald Trump didn't do that. Instead, he used that money to make himself famous. Which led to a series of what, three, four, five bankruptcies? And to climb out of those bankruptcies he had to borrow massive amounts of money from Russian oligarchs and other oligarchs from former Soviet states and 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 get into bed with autocrats all around the world in some of the most corrupt regimes on earth, where you'll find his hotels. And he just you know, he doesn't want us talking about that. They don't want us talking about the fact that they're trying to destroy Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. They don't want us talking about any of this stuff, frankly. Donald Trump actually likes it that we're talking about these kids at the border because his base likes it. His base that pretends they're Christians, right? They pretend, they put a patina of of, uh, Christianity on everything, oh yes, we're Christians. We actually care about these children. You're not Christians. I just read Jesus' words to you. You're going straight to hell, according to Jesus Christ. That's what's going on, Trump followers who think you're Christians. So you know, Trump is happy for us to talk about the kids. We're going to talk about other things as well. There's some new news also on Afghanistan and on net neutrality. Hey, do you brush with an electric toothbrush, or have you wanted to? If you're using one of the one of the older, bigger, bulkier, you know, and some of them you know are so aggressive they can even damage your mouth. Uh, tooth electric toothbrushes, uh, or if you've never. Th- used an electric toothbrush, I want you to pay attention. There's a new electric toothbrush. Time Magazine called it the invention of the year, right? Uh, it's called Quip, Q-U-I-P. It's slim, it's lightweight, it's about the size of a regular toothbrush. It's got a, you know, a little AAA battery inside that powers it and powers it for months at a time uh, be, between changes. And it, it does a really great Job it aggressively cleans your teeth, but it does so in a way that's good for your gums and good for your teeth. It's a the perfect two-minute clean. So check this thing out, and it's great for traveling. It comes with a little tube that you can drop it in to travel because, like I said, it's about the size of a regular toothbrush, much much smaller than your than your big electric toothbrushes. And you can find out all about it at getquipcom tom. That's g e t getquip q u i p dot com t h o m getquip .com/tom for more information it's only 25 bucks and they send you the refills the the brush heads that you're supposed to replace every 3 months every 3 months they'll send those to you for only $5 free shipping it's an amazing deal getquip.com/tom
2: This is the Tom Hartman Program.
3: Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. Let's check in with our old buddy Greg Palace, the investigative journalist, author, filmmaker, his most recent The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. You can watch it over on Amazon. GregPallast.com, of course, is his website. You can tweet him at Greg Greg, welcome back to the program.
0: Glad to be with you again, Tom.
3: It's always great having you, Greg. I understand that you are suing Ohio and Kansas. Tell me about this
0: and 23 other states but we start with ohio and kansas if you remember last time we spoke we had a decision by the supreme court in the in a case of ohio removing half a million voters because uh, it was triggered by the fact they didn't vote or they were on our what we call the cross checklist in other words the state had evidence that that half a million people had moved in 2012 from the state it's one of the big reasons um donald trump won ohio by removing the voters that they didn't like well usually the supreme court is the final word on these issues but in this case it really isn't because the court said as a matter of law ohio can remove people who don't return a postcard they took sending you a postcard as proof you've moved by the way tom usually when the postcard comes back Uh, Address the unknown or something. That's usually the evidence you've moved not when it's successfully delivered It usually means you're there, but they remove people because the list was overwhelmingly young voters poor voters voters of color So what we've done is something very simple We are suing on a matter of fact Whether these people who've been targeted in Ohio and a big chunk of the list was provided Ohio by guess whom chris kobach of kansas uh trump's vote thief in chief now running for governor and the suit simply says we want all the names of the people who've been purged by the way ohio has given us the those now and we want who got postcards who returned them etc because it's very easy to find out if someone actually moved um whether they returned a postcard or not it's knock on their door and say are you still here and in fact i did that uh donald Alexander Webster of Dayton, Ohio, who is on the list, supposed to get a postcard. He says he never received it. Probably, you know, it looks like junk mail. He'd throw it out. Uh, Donald Alexander Webster was told he had moved to Virginia to register as Donald Eugene Webster. Um, he says never been to, uh, to Virginia, and he's never been a Eugene. And there he was, the voter who supposedly moved. We believe that this is the case with with the vast majority of those voters who were removed there. Hmm. being removed in Kansas, and by the way, one thing that has not been mentioned in the media being removed in at least two dozen other GOP-controlled states, we've asked them all for their purge lists, all for their postcards, all for the information. If we can prove that the postcard is not a, quote, reasonable method of determining whether someone's moved, usually used, you know, change of address forms from the post office, Uh, if the postcard not being returned is not reasonable... They can't enforce the Supreme Court decision. It won't stand. Wow! So,
3: uh, so, so yeah. interesting. So how, how how did you know lawsuits are not cheap? Greg, Do you, oh. are you crowdfunding this thing, or you know? Uh,
5: well, yeah,
0: are you exactly. In doing doing an alliance with other people, what's going on? You, you you betcha. Number one in Kansas, uh, we've we've teamed up with the ACLU of Kansas, the most the busiest ACLU in America, fighting Chris Kobach on eleven fronts. They have filed parallel demands for all the lists that are working with us, ACLU of, of Kansas. In Ohio, the great Bob Vitrakis the lawyer, uh, the, the voting rights lawyer. Yeah. And in uh, in Georgia, we're working with uh, uh, what was originally an organization founded by Stacey Abrams. She knows that her election depends on all people of all colors being able to vote. Then she wins. Uh, and in um, in Illinois, where I think we stand a good chance of winning, the Reverend Jesse Jackson is my co-plaintiff. Now we are, and I want to thank the firm of Jeannie Meyer, Meyer Mizaki. Uh, major plaintiff's law firm, which is taking on the case in all 25 states wow. as he is a plaintiff and uh, no charge to the Palace Investigative Fund. However, I will admit there's a whole lot of costs in doing two things, in bringing the case, in analyzing the data, in which in another life I was a uh, litigation expert doing this work and in investigations. And um, so we are crowdfunding Sourcing it at gregpalace.com, the Palace Investigative Fund, a not-for-profit, nonpartisan operation. That's my last commercial ever on that. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and so we're – and then we'll be working with activist groups throughout the nation in each of these states. In, and we're getting people in Arizona and Tennessee and elsewhere. Please contact gregpalace.com. If you want to be a plaintiff, if you want to participate, we can beat them, but it's going to be done – Door by door, case by case, until we show that these lists are just racist purge sheets aimed at bleaching the voter rolls whiter than white. Yeah, which is
3: you know so insanely obvious that this is what's been going on, and it's been going on for uh, you know decades now, and uh, it needs to be. It just to accelerated.
0: An end. Co- yeah, Kobach has kind of. You know, energize it, put it into cyberspace. He's helping all these states uh, with the computer power, and and we know that behind Kobach, of course, he's Wichita, Kansas, and that's the Koch money, uh, which we which we were able to directly trace. Um, this whole cabal, this idea that and he's using the cross check list, saying people have voted twice, but he told me that the real reason, and he admitted to me, he said the real reason is to tell states these people have moved. No, they haven't, Donald. Uh, Alexander Webster is there at home in Dayton, Ohio. We went through name after name after name. We've talked to people. We went to their homes. Even when they weren't home, their names are still on the mailbox. They're there. They're at work. You know, um, this is not about people moving. This is about people being moved off the voter rolls illegally. And uh, the people who don't return the postcards, like uh, students who just moved dorm rooms, poor people who've moved within an apartment building or down the street, and they're losing their vote. White, older suburbanites with homes, uh, you know, that they've had for 20 years, they return the cards. They know how that system works. Half the people on the list are just are, are so clearly bogus when you look at the list mm. uh, of you know people that they sent postcards to. So we're getting all the information. We are suing because they're stonewalling us. The worst being Kobach himself, who won't give us any information whatsoever. Um, and but the information uh, Oklahoma has turned over all their information to us, and it's it's sickening to see the people that they've removed. People who just moved into the state registered, and they say, "Oh well, you didn't unregister in your other state, so you lose your right to vote. So we're doing this purge by postcard cost one half million votes in the single swing state of Ohio figure. Well, I, I'm trying to estimate, but several million nationwide if this is allowed to stand without challenge. So we're challenging it.
3: Yeah, good on you, Greg. We're talking to Greg Palace, the investigative journalist, author, filmmaker. His most recent, "The Best Democracy Money Can Buy." GregPalace.com. Tweet uh, underscore Greg underscore Palace. Um, you know, Greg, that's pretty comprehensive. What is what? You know, do you think that, what are the chances that you will have some success before the elections in November and that you can actually get some of these people back on the voter rolls? Are there even mechanisms to do that? Yes,
0: actually pretty good. Now, I won't say everywhere. One thing that happens when we tell these people to give us their lists, show us their procedures, is they start panicking and and get out of the Kobach uh, and Houston, that's the guy from Ohio, get out of their purge program. Kentucky dropped out uh, Washington State which is a Republican Secretary of State dropped out we have a lot of people who are not who are not going to use this program we're not going to be purging by postcard I think once we expose it you're gonna we're gonna actually do you know part of the reason we're raising funds is to do the publicity so I can get out there and make and do reports for Tom Hartman out in in Ohio and Michigan and and the uh, Wisconsin and the other states were purged by postcard is a, a terrible disease and See if we can push them off these programs, even without having to go to court. Great. Good and important work you're doing, as always. Greg Pallast, keep up the great work, my friend.
3: Thank you, Tom. Good talking with you. Greg Pallast, you can uh, find all the information at gregpallast, P-A-L-A-S-T dot com. Uh, You can tweet him at greg underscore Palast. Spread the word. You know, this is what Greg is up to now, and it's a fine thing. We'll be back. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Exposing the con in conservative Tom Hartman here with you. We'll be right back
2: This is the Tom Hartman program
3: Welcome back, Tom Hartman. Here with you. Welcome to our third hour. The uh, Aiden Forecast is one of the uh, organizations that helped sponsor our program, underwrites our program, uh, but also a, a uh, an investment newsletter that I've subscribed to. For, I'd subscribed to for at least a decade before we even started this program, and uh, so I'm I'm just you know I want to check in with Marianne and Pamela Aiden, uh, the Aiden sisters who put together the Aiden Forecast. Uh, just because I want to hear what they have to say uh, in these very strange times for people who might be trying to protect their nest egg, thinking about retirement, thinking about planning for the future. Um, I mentioned earlier, if Donald Trump had taken the 200 million dollars he got from Fred, his daddy, in the 1960s and, and simply bought the Dow, he'd be worth over 10 billion dollars right now. Of course, he's only worth a little over a billion, according to what we're finding out, because he didn't just do that simple thing. You know, if you're young, it's a great, you know, investing in the market's always a great thing. Um, If you're closer to retirement, then it becomes a little sketchier. And uh, this is a time of great economic change uh, and political upheaval as well. And so I wanted to check in with them. Uh, AidenForecast.com is the website. You can tweet them at The Aiden, A-D-E-N Forecast. Uh, Pamela and Marianne, welcome back to the program.
6: Well, thank you very much for having us. It's a pleasure to be with you.
3: Thank you for joining us. So, uh, you know, I I get your newsletter. I mean, I get uh, Chuck's thing every morning. And uh, typically read it every day. I, I get the uh, weekly updates and, and uh, of course, the big newsletter that comes out once a month. And you've been talking about the, 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 the bull market is technically, and the stock market is technically still going on, but there's a lot of caveats to that, and you've got pretty much everybody out of the stock market. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about what's going on right now, this, the impact of this uh, possible trade war, all this other stuff.
6: No, it's certainly been a volatile time, and yes, the trade war, and every, it seems like every day there's something that's important, whether it be the Fed, whether it be the Trump. In fact, we're getting the firecrackers right here, right now, with a thunderstorm, but um, ah, okay. uh, uh, But no, uh, the markets are very interesting, though, because we feel they're, they're this, they've been in a transition for the last year, and this year, we feel, is like the time for it to end the transition. So... Um, we feel like that rise we'll be getting in gold is kind of like the beginning of a, of a major trend that's going to be developing as the years come up, this year next, in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And in the stock market, we feel it still has room to rise. We are still in positions in the tech sector, and actually we have resource and energy as well. But um, the, the resource sector, commodities, precious metals, we feel have, um, have a good future ahead for them. And this is, in fact, this summer months right now that we're in, are actually, we feel, a good buying time.
3: Oh, that's interesting. I mean, this was when I first subs- started sc- subscribing to your newsletter. Gold was just a few hundred dollars an ounce, and, and you were saying, you know, this is a good time to invest in that. And Louise and I rode that up uh, very nicely. Um, so, so for people, oh. people who are, you know, young people who are looking at the market, what's your advice for them specifically and for people in their 60s or, or late 50s uh, who might be thinking about uh, retiring or even you know, post-65 who are in retirement, what's your advice for them? I'm guessing that there's somewhat different answers.
6: Yes, there is, actually. In this time that we're in right now, for people who are baby boomers, uh, looking to retire, or retirees that are enjoying their um, uh, the income is, of course, the most important thing to have. And if you're in a, in a position and it's, it's sitting there with great profits, you certainly want to protect them. And, and so I would say that I would say anybody wants to protect their profits, but especially people that are um, uh, in their later years in life, in the last 20 years of their life, they really can't afford to go through a, a large bear market and ride it through like you could if you were younger. And sometimes it's not worth to ride, a, ride through a bear market at all. But so yes, we th- we feel we're like in the eighth inning of the stock market, if you want to think of it that way. We still think there's still probably another i up possibility um that could happen we're watching it closely we we have lowered our position and um, but we are still in it and and you think that's more likely to
3: happen in the nasdaq than the dow right
6: yeah well the nasdaq has been unbelievable but with the trade war tensions and the way things are going right now that could um that could be uh the beginning of hurting the stock market because if these things truly turn into a trade war we're, we're we're fearing that right this moment. Um, then yes, we think it could affect, at least for the intermediate t- time period, affect the markets. Right. Now um, we're on this phone where we have to go back and forth. So would you like to add to that, Myrn? um we're, yeah, But um, I agree. so so yes, um, I'm speaking for both of us because it's easier. But we're both here listening, mm-hmm. and um, so um, but we are definitely the trade the trade war potential is a big thing for all markets. Yeah.
3: Now it's on the other hand, dollar, for for a younger investor, if there's a trade war and the stock market drops six, eight, 8, 10,000 points, that's a perfect time to buy in and start building your nest egg for as you get older.
6: Oh, clearly, yes. Just like now, we have a nice uh, drop-off in the resource sector and in the um, precious metals just this last few weeks. We think this is now nearing the end of this decline we've had um, for the last few months, and um, we think this is now this month and next month like by, and by the fall. Uh, a good time to be picking up resource, some energy, and precious metals, um, gold and silver. And we think silver is going to end up having more potential than gold. Hmm. And uh, this is the time to be acquiring that young and old yeah. <laughs> for everyone. And especially the young who want to just buy it and hold it and hold it for five or ten years. And that, we think that's going to be a great investment, it's something you don't really buy and sell right now. Whether just it's... buy now. We're in a really good position right this moment.
3: Well, uh, to be buying whether it's physical whether it's stuff. What, what are your thoughts i mean there's this etf this electronically traded fund of gld which allows you to buy a share of a big pile of gold sitting in a vault someplace uh then there yeah, are gold mining do. companies we, and then there yeah. and then there are uh and and then there's buying physical gold for exa- just to use gold i mean it's the same thing with silver uh, your thoughts on those? Yes. yes. And, 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 well, how, and, for, and for gold. somebody who's interested in ethical investment, I mean, you know, in some places gold is a pretty dirty business, uh, you know, your thoughts on that too, please.
6: Well, yes, I think that the mining business has gotten more, um, uh, they become more aware of the environment. They're still, they're still abused, but certainly it's much better than it used to be, and, um, and a lot of them, um, and I, yes, we think in the gold mining business, we have to be very careful. Of what you buy you can't just buy blindly you have to buy selectively and um and we like c- certain mines we like and we think they're worth keeping but actually if one wants to just buy uh, well, I, we like both physical gold physical silver and the etfs have their um, um have their role too let's like paper paper versus physical people talk about that a lot and, that, and a lot of times there is a lot of merit to that mm-hmm. that um you'll see all of a sudden physical drying up and 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 um, paper is the one that's falling, and not physical. That's happened, but it doesn't last long. It's like a quick thing. Yeah. So, I, well, we think that GLD is good, and uh, other ETFs that are actually there's an ETF that is starting to look good. It's new that uh, they guarantee the gold, because we had always thought rather than worry about if the gold's in the ETF, if you're really going to get it in the future. Use it as like a DIA for the Dow. That's an mm-hmm. ETF for the Dow Industrials right. or QQQ for the
1: um,
6: tech stocks. We say use those as you're going to gain when the, when the metal rises and use it for that purpose.
1: Yeah.
6: Uh, SLV is uh, for the silver ETF. Mm-hmm. So we do like that. We think they're, they're great. We think they have a great future in the, coming, the upcoming years, right? Yeah. And we think this, this year from now to the end of the year, we can uh, end up seeing the end of all this transition. But it doesn't mean, like gold, that's interesting, gold and and the stock market have an interesting relationship. They can move together for several years, like they've been doing for the last two years. They've both been up, it's just that, and if you look at, like for example, if you look at copper versus the S&P 500, actually, if you just look at it from two years ago, January 2017, or actually 2016, 2016 to today, you'll see that actually copper has kept up and outperformed the S&P. Hmm. And that alone tells you a lot in how perky it's been for the last couple of years. But
3: that's a symptom of a, of, an, of, a, of a successful marketplace because copper is used in electronics and, and you know, that means people are making things and buying things, right? economy exactly
6: they've always called it dr copper and it's a sign of the global economy and how well it's doing right. and 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 rightly so and they did have a setback this week like some of the resource sector we really like some of the resource stocks mm-hmm. uh, we think denbury resources is good and um, buying it on and now it's been down um, we've liked we've liked um, we like um, um, Freeport MacMoran, for mm-hmm. example and the gold shares we like to stay with some of the me- medium to 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 um, senior mines uh, hmm. because we don't really go into the juniors much because there's other there's other things you have to be aware of in the junior market right uh, and we don't follow that as closely BHP as Billiton. yeah, yeah. BHP all... Billiton Rio Tinto those are big um, resource mines that we like and that's worldwide big billion. Right
3: fascinating stuff. Marianne and Pamela Aiden, the Aiden sisters, co-editors and publishers of the Aiden Forecast, directors of Aiden Research. Aidenforecast.com is the website. You can tweet them at the TheAidenForecast. Marianne, Pamela, thank you so much for being with us.
6: Well, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure.
3: Thank you. Great talking with you. We'll be right back.
2: This is the Tom Hartman Program. We'll be back with more of the news of the day and
3: your calls right after this. You know, in the world of work, one of the most important things is one of the things that people probably think the least about until they have to sit in it, which is their chair. And the X chair is absolutely extraordinary this is the new high-tech in fact they've got a brand new version it's called the x3 the newest version of the x chair it is comfortable it is high-tech and yes i'll say it it is sexy this chair is extraordinary and it will dramatically consequentially improve your concentration and productivity because it's going to help your posture and you know if you're not in pain and your and your blood is working you know flowing well your brain is going to work well The new X3 is quite simply the most modern, ergonomic, high-tech, comfortable office chair in the world, period. The X3's unique ATR fabric makes it feel like you're literally floating on air. And it's patented, split-back, lumbar technology provides a cradling, customized feel that has to be experienced to believe. You need to see and feel the X3 for yourself. Go to xchairtom.com. That's xchairtom.com now to check out the X3's Perfect blend of design and ergonomics. There's a lot of people, you know, checking these out and going for these chairs. Supplies are limited, so don't wait. Order at xchairtom.com. And if you do it now, you get $100 off. That's xchairtom.com. Or you can call them at 1 844 4xchair. This chair comes with a 30 day, no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. That's how good it is. Go to xchairtom.com. Right now, use the code Tom, T-H-O-M, to get a free footrest. XchairTom.com. Now back to the podcast.
2: This is the Tom Hartman Program.
3: Welcome back, Tom Hartman here with you. Welcome to our third hour. The uh, Aiden Forecast is one of the uh, organizations that helps sponsor our program, underwrites our program, uh, but also a, a, uh, an investment newsletter that I've subscribed to, I'd subscribed to for at least a decade before we even started this program. And uh, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I wanna check in with Marianne and Pamela Aiden, uh, the Aiden sisters who put together the Aiden Forecast. Uh, just because I want to hear what they have to say Uh, in these very strange times for people who might be trying to protect their nest egg, thinking about retirement, thinking about planning for the future. Um, I mentioned earlier, if Donald Trump had taken the $200 million he got from Fred, his daddy, in the 1960s and, and simply bought the Dow, he'd be worth over $10 billion right now. Of course, he's only worth a little over a billion, according to what we're finding out, because he didn't just do that simple thing. You know, if you're young, it's a great, you know, investing in the market's always a great thing. Um, if you're closer to retirement, then it becomes a little sketchier. And uh, this is a time of great economic change uh, and political upheaval as well. And so I wanted to check in with them. Uh, Aidenforecast.com is the website. You can tweet them at the Aiden, A-D-E-N forecast. Uh, Pamela and Marianne, welcome back to the program.
6: Well, thank you very much for having us. It's a pleasure to be with you.
3: Thank you for joining us. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I get your newsletter. I mean, I get uh, Chuck's thing every morning. And I uh, typically read it every day. I, I get the uh, weekly updates and, and uh, of course, the big newsletter that comes out once a month. And you've been talking about the, 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 the bull market is technically, and the stock market is technically still going on, but there's a lot of caveats to that, and you've got pretty much everybody out of the stock market. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about what's going on right now, this, the impact of this uh, possible trade war, all this other stuff.
6: No, it's certainly been a volatile time, and yes, the trade war and every it seems like every day there's something that's important, whether it be the Fed, whether it be the Trump. In fact, we're getting the firecrackers right here, right now, with a thunderstorm. But um ah,
1: okay.
6: uh, uh... But no, uh, the markets are very interesting, though, because we feel they're, they're this. They've been in a transition for the last year, and this year we feel is like the time for it to end the transition. So. um... We feel like that rise we'll be getting in gold is kind of like the beginning of a, of a major trend that's going to be developing as the years come up, this year next, in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And in the stock market, we feel it still has room to rise. We are still in positions in the tech sector, and actually we have resource and energy as well. But um, the, the resource sector, commodities, precious metals, we feel have, um, have a good future ahead for them. And this is, in fact, this summer months right now that we're in, are actually, we feel, a good buying time.
3: Oh, that's interesting. I mean, this was when I first subs- started sc- subscribing to your newsletter. Gold was just a few hundred dollars an ounce, and, and you were saying, you know, this is a good time to invest in that. And Louise and I rode that up uh, very nicely. Um, so, so for people, oh. people who are, you know, young people who are looking at the market, what's your advice for them specifically and for people in their 60s or, or late 50s uh, who might be thinking about uh, retiring or even, you know, post-65 who are in retirement, what's your advice for them? I'm guessing that there's somewhat different answers.
6: Yes, there is, actually. In this time that we're in right now, for people who are baby boomers uh, looking to retire or retirees that are enjoying their um, uh, the income is, of course, the most important thing to have. And if you're in a, in a position and it's, it's sitting there with great profits, you certainly want to protect them. And and so I would say that I would say anybody wants to protect their profits, but especially people that are um, uh, in their later years in life, in the last twenty years of their life, they really can't afford to go through a, a large bear market and ride it through like you could if you were younger. And sometimes it's not worth to ride a, ride through a bear market at all. But so yes, we th- we feel we're like in the eighth inning of the stock market, if you want to think of it that way. We still think there's still probably another. Leg like up possibility um, that could happen. We're watching it closely. We we have lowered our position, and um, but we are still in it. And,
3: and you think so that's more likely think... to happen in the Nasdaq than the Dow, right?
6: Yeah. Well, the Nasdaq has been unbelievable. Yeah. But with the trade war tensions and the way things are going right now, that could um, that could be uh, the beginning of hurting the stock market because if these things truly turn into a trade war, we're, we're we're fearing that right this moment, um, then, yes, we think it could affect, at least for the intermediate t- time period, affect the markets. Right. Now, um, we're on this phone where we have to go back and forth, so would you like to add to that, Myrn? Um, yeah. But, um, so, so yes, um, I'm speaking for both of us because it's easier, but we're both here listening. Mm-hmm. And um, so, um, but we are definitely, the trade, the trade war potential is a big thing for all markets.
3: Yeah, now, so on so the other the hand, dollar, for... For a younger investor, if there's a trade war and the stock market drops 6, 8, 10,000 points, that's a perfect time to buy in and start building your nest egg for as you get older.
6: Oh, clearly, yes. Just like now, we've had a nice uh, drop off in the resource sector and in the um, precious metals just this last few weeks. We think this is now nearing the end of this decline we've had um, for the last few months. And um, we think this is now this month and next month, like by, and by the fall. Uh, a good time to be picking up resource, some energy, and precious metals, um, gold and silver. And we think silver is going to end up having more potential than gold. <laughs> and uh, this is the time to be acquiring that young and old <laughs> yeah. for everyone, and especially the young who want to just buy it and hold it and hold it for five or ten years. And that, we think that's going to be a great investment, it's something you don't really buy and sell right now. Whether Let's it's... buy now, We're in a really good position right this moment.
3: Well, uh, to be buying, whether it's physical, whether it's stuff. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, there's this ETF, this electronically traded fund of GLD, which allows you to buy a share of a big pile of gold sitting in a vault someplace. Uh, then there yeah, are gold mining do. companies. And then there, yeah. and then there are, uh, and, and then there's buying physical gold, for exa- just to use gold. I mean, it's the same thing with silver. Uh, your thoughts on those? Yes, yes. and and, and, well, how, and, for, gold, and for somebody who's interested in ethical investment, I mean, you know, in some places, gold is a pretty dirty business. Uh, you know, your thoughts on that, too, please.
6: Well, yes, I think that the mining business has gotten more, um, uh, they become more aware of the environment. They're still, they're still abused, but certainly it's much better than it used to be. And, um, and a lot of them, um, and I, yes, we think in the gold mining business, you have to be very careful of what you buy. You can't just buy blindly. You have to buy selectively. And, um, and we like c- certain mines we like, and we think they're worth keeping. But actually, if one wants to just buy, uh, well, I, we like both physical gold, physical silver, and the ETFs have their, um, um, have their role, too. That's paper, paper versus physical. People talk about that a lot. And, that, and a lot of times there is a lot of merit to that, mm-hmm. that... Um, you'll see all of a sudden physical drying up and, and, and um, paper is the one that's falling and not physical. That's happened, but it doesn't last long. It's like a quick thing. Yeah. So I, well, we think that GLD is good and uh, other ETFs that are actually there's an ETF that is starting to look good. It's new that uh, they guarantee the gold because we had always thought rather than worry about it, the gold in the ETF if you're really going to get it in the future, Use it as like a DIA for the Dow. That's an mm-hmm. ETF for the Dow Industrials right. or QQQ for the um, tech stocks. We say use those as you're going to gain when the, when the metal rises and use it for that purpose.
1: Yeah.
6: Uh, SLV is uh, for the silver ETF. Mm-hmm. So we do like that. We think they're, they're great. We think they have a great future in the, coming, the upcoming years, right?
1: Yeah. And we
6: think this, this year from now to the end of the year, we can uh, end up seeing the end of all this transition. But it doesn't mean, like gold, that's interesting. Gold and and the stock market have an interesting relationship. They can move together for several years, like they've been doing for the last two years. They've both been up, it's just that, and if you look at, like for example, if you look at copper versus the S&P 500, actually, if you just look at it from two years ago, January 2017, or actually 2016, 2016 to today, You'll see that actually copper has kept up and outperformed the S&P, hmm. and that alone tells you a lot in how perky it's been for the last couple of years. But
3: that's a symptom As of a of, an, a of a of a successful marketplace because copper is used in electronics, and and you know that means people are making things and buying things, right? economy Exactly. Doing
6: yeah. that. They've always called it Dr. Copper, and, and it, it's a sign of the global economy and how well it's doing. Right. And and, and rightly so. And we did have a setback this week, like some of the resource sector. We really like some of the resource stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think Denbury Resources is good, and um, buying it. Out, and now it's been down. We've um, We've liked. We've liked um, we like um, um, Freeport MacMoran, for mm-hmm. example. And the gold shares, we like to stay with some of the me- medium to 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 um, senior mines uh, hmm. because we don't really go into the juniors much because there's other, there's other things you have to be aware of in the junior market. Right. Uh, and we don't follow that as closely as... BHP Billiton. Yeah. yeah. BHP all... Billiton, Rio Tinto, those are big um, resource mines that we like and that's worldwide big. Right. Fascinating Australia. stuff
3: fascinating stuff. Marianne and Pamela Aiden, the Aiden sisters, co-editors and publishers of the Aiden Forecast, directors of Aiden Research. Aidenforecast.com is the website. You can tweet them at the Aiden Forecast. Marianne, Pamela, thank you so much for being with us.
6: Well, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure.
3: Thank you. Great talking with you. We'll be right back.
2: This is the Tom Hartman Program. We'll be back with more of the news of
3: the day and your calls right after this. And welcome back, Laurie in Club, Missouri. Hey, Laurie, thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV. What's up?
1: Oh, you! I learned so much from you. It's just awesome, and I love your show, and I've donated two things. One, I am reading Hannah Arendt's The uh, Origins of Totalitarianism, and I am amazed at, and terrified at how right on it is a is.
3: shocking book. I wish someone would take that book and uh, essentially rewrite it, or annotate it, or you know turn it into about a 100-page, very accessible book that the average millennial—not to pick on millennials—the average the average person in the United States who who is not inclined to read books any longer, and we're seeing generation after generation reading of books is going down—could um, get through because it's fairly dense. Actually, *The Portable
1: by Peter Bear is what I'm reading, and it's. Oh, okay. It's so somebody's exists. done it.
3: Pardon me. So somebody's done it because I tried to read her actual book, which is like a couple hundred pages, and it's just very, very dense writing.
1: Oh no, this is this is brilliant, and it's the Portable Hannah Arendt by Peter B. A. E. H. R. Okay, brilliant.
3: I'll have to check it out. And
1: the second thing is, is that this um, crisis of you know um, refugees on the border as a smokescreen, you said earlier. Is really for what's happening in Congress. My question to you is, what are they doing to our Medicare in Congress right now? What is going on? What are they messing with? And where can I find more information about that?
0: Yeah,
3: the, the specifics of it are uh, literally on the front page of the, of the Wall Street Journal, or excuse me, of the Washington Post right now. I think I threw away the article that I was reading from earlier, and uh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I should have it accessible, <laughs> uh, which had all the details in it. Uh, you know, of specifically what they're trying to do. And I am not finding it, so maybe I've got it in this stack. But they specifically they, oh here it is right here. Uh, the headline is House GOP Plan Would Cut Medicare Medicaid to Balance Budget. It's by Erica Werner uh, in uh, yesterday's New York Times, or excuse me, Washington Post. And uh, it says, House Republicans released a proposal Tuesday, that would be yesterday, that would balance the budget in nine years by making large cuts to entitlement programs, including Medicare. Uh, The the House Republican budget plan, titled A Brighter Future for America, uh, would remake Medicare by giving seniors the option of enrolling in private plans that compete with traditional Medicare in an effort to privatize the program. Uh, Among other changes, the budget proposes to squeeze $537 billion out of Medicare over the next decade. And they wanna transform Medicaid by limiting per capita payments uh, as per person payments and allowing states to turn into a block grant program and adding work requirements. And then they wanna cut social security by $4 billion and add uh, work requirements for food stamp and welfare recipients. Oh, and they wanna cut $200 billion out of education and training programs And cut back on Pell grants, so it's harder and harder, and more expensive to go to college. That's what. And
1: when is the deadline on the on this budget going to be? I mean, when are they going to propose it, and when are they going to vote on it? They dropped
3: they they dropped the budget in the House yesterday. Uh, It's been completely obscured by the whole refugee thing. Um, it has to go to the it, the House has to, you know, it has to go through committee and then the House has to vote on it, then it goes to the Senate, it goes through committee, it gets voted on, then it goes to the White House. The the speculation in the article is that this budget is uh, not gonna happen. The, oh, good. That, okay. You know, once once it gets held up to the light of day, particularly in the Senate, that it will die. But this is the direction that the Republicans wanna go. And if you want to see Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security torn apart, vote Republican this year. If you don't want to see them torn apart, Make sure that they haven't stripped you of your voter registration and get out there. Laurie, thank you for the call, and thanks for the question. We'll be back. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. Donald Trump announcing plans for an executive order to detain families indefinitely together. And uh, might that have something to do, Alt-Immigration just tweeted this, and I just retweeted it with the question, does this have something to do with why Donald Trump is going from you can hold kids for 20 days, which is the Flores settlement, to we're going to issue an executive order saying that you can hold kids forever, as long as you hold their parents, too, with them. Alt-Immigration tweets, Immigration Prison For-Profit Geo Group has a, a political action committee, a PAC, Headed by CEO George Zoli, they spent six hundred seventy thousand dollars the first five months of this year. Uh, details, <laughs> excuse me. Details here, and they link to a uh, commission.gov, uh, fecgovernor link that shows you know that the, who the pack, the money went to. Uh, the largest chunk of money went to the National Republican Congressional Committee. Second largest was the McCarthy Victory Fund. The third was the Rubio Victory Committee. That's interesting. Marco Rubio is the third largest recipient of funds from this uh, PAC for the private prison group. Uh, The fourth is the National Republican Senatorial Committee. The fifth is the Republican National Committee. The sixth largest recipient is Team Josh. I'm not sure which Josh that is. The seventh is Team Ryan. I'm I'm pretty sure that's probably Paul Ryan. And then the eighth is the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. That's interesting. And then Buddy Pack, Georgia Pack, Great America Committee, uh, Mast America Committee, Texas First Pack, Herd Victory Fund, Axe Pack, Purdue Pack, Wolf Pack, and Heck Pack are all the various Packs that got money from the Geo Group's Political Action Fund, according to this tweet and according to the Federal Election Commission. Pretty amazing stuff. Jared in Downington, Pennsylvania. Hey, Jared, what's on your mind?
5: um a bunch of things uh first of pick all, i want to go over uh, uh this whole um immigration uh, just detaining children separating them from their families it's just un unbelievable that, that it's this inhuman is going on it's inhuman it's in
3: mammalian it's, it's non-mammalian mammals don't do this
5: it, 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 exactly. It's um. I, I'm trying to think of a word, honestly, to come up with it, but I I, I really can't Deplorable. think of one. <laughs> uh, yeah, scum sucking. Yeah, probably a word. I don't, yeah, uh, something like that. But it 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 just you know it kind of remind you know when 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 my grandmother when the when Hitler's name was brought up. My grandmother had a look on her face like she saw her own death basically. It was like remembering him just the all the destruction and death and when my grand, when my mother when Reagan was brought up one time she almost she almost started crying. Like she, she just got really upset and I was just disturbed by how upset she was because mm-hmm. you know, just the, the Contras and the the, the cocaine coming in and just all the corruption and illegality. And I just have a feeling that when, I, when I'm 70 years old, and I'm 26, so I'd be like 96, when somebody's going to bring up the name Trump or Bush, when I'm that old, I'm just, I, I, I'm going to have a look. I'm going to have basically that same reaction. I'm just going to just cuddle up in pure terror, because that's that's how these people should be remembered. These are our Hitler and Mussolini's. George W. Bush and Donald Trump should go down the same way we look at those particular people, because they are criminals and they are scum. And the only reason I get up anymore is because one day I know I'm going to eventually see their deaths.
3: Oh my God. Well, we can't, we're not calling for their deaths, of course, Jared. I, yes, you know, they're, uh,
5: they're deaths from natural causes, yes. Right,
3: thank you. And, um, you know, uh, and, 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 you know let's, I mean. let's be careful of hyperbole here. Adolf Hitler did things that Donald Trump may want to do, may dream of doing, but never will be able to do in the United States. But what these guys are doing, you know, Donald Trump's evil doesn't need to be compared to Hitler to be defined as evil. And that, you know, and, or Mussolini for that matter. Um, It is, it's just evil what these guys are doing, Uh, you know, uh, purely, period. Rich in Central Willie, Washington. Hey, Rich, you got a minute. What's up?
4: Hey, Tom. A couple of quick appetizers. First, it would be nice if the executive branch actually executed things like environmental laws and the Sherman Antitrust Act with the same verve and enthusiasm that they're executing these uh, immigration laws, and the second one, the reason we haven't... I think the reason we haven't seen the girls and the babies down at the border is because they don't look like gangsters and drug dealers They didn't fit in with the
3: narrative. Yeah, Trump has already said that. He told a group of Republicans yesterday that they're only showing the boys on TV because they look like future gang members, that showing the girls and showing the children on TV. I mean, these are not the exact words that he used, but it was the essence of his message. Showing the girls and showing the children looks bad for the Republican Party. People have empathy for them. But teenage boys with brown skin, you know, white people can imagine them as gang members. And so we'll show them, no problem. We're not going to show their faces because you might have sympathy for them then. You know, uh, 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 we'll, we'll claim privacy laws. But, uh, you know, we'll show their brown hands, their brown arms, you know, we'll, it, it, absolutely. Rich, you, you nailed it. Thanks a lot for the call. It's 27 minutes past the hour and change. Welcome back. Glenn in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Hey, Glenn, what's on your mind?
5: Hey, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. I have a different perspective on what you said earlier in regards to the message that Christ had in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the information I've seen on television, those kids had shelter. room. They uh, had shelter, uh, probably air-conditioned. They had food. And According to the media, what that came from was a country where uh, gangs were running wild, overthrowing the government. Uh, so it looks to me like they're much better off than they were in the country they came from. All right. They came to this country and even agree with Trump's laws or not, the laws of land are what they are. If you come to that yeah, country- Yeah,
3: the laws right of the land are the not what they are, Glenn. The, the law of the land does not say that if you run a stop sign, you get your children taken away from you. And coming into this country without authorization is a misdemeanor. It's the same level of crime as running a stop sign. It's the same level of crime as jaywalking. I'm sorry. I'm not buying that BS. Bob in Arcata, California. Hey, Bob, thanks for listening to 1480 AM. What's up?
5: Hey, Tom, you, you tell me how we're going to be able to afford to take every third world person into
3: our country. We don't have to afford it, Bob. What we could do is money. stop breaking, you know, I, 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 what is this fool's day? You've got, how many people, Bob, have come into the United States as refugees from Costa Rica?
5: I have no idea. But the answer is zero, going bankrupt, Bob, the answer is zero, like Chicago, don't... Bob, yeah, listen to,
3: to me for a second. The answer is zero. People are not coming to this country as refugees from Costa Rica. They're not coming to this country as refugees from, from, uh, you know, Germany or France or England. They're coming from this country to this country from countries that we broke. Ronald Reagan, Ollie North, George Bush senior, basically invaded Central America. They took down democratic governments in Honduras, Nicaragua, El Salvador. They supported death squads. They sent John Negroponte down there. Suddenly people started showing up with bullets in the back of their heads. We supported these death squads. We flipped these into right wing countries. uh, Costa Rica was able to avoid that. They said, no, America, we don't want your quote help. We don't want your military. We don't want your drug war. In fact, we're going to disband our army. That's what Costa Rica did. They disbanded their army and everybody in Costa Rica has free healthcare and free education. We, we don't have to be taking in the refugees of the world, particularly in our own hemisphere. If we would just stop making them, Bob. Well, oh, that's fine, but we still can't afford to make up for what, whatever uh, Bush did. Bob, you're spending $4,000 a year. If you're the average American making $50,000 a year, you're spending $4,000 a year in supporting corporate welfare. You might be spending $3 a year in paying for, for people who are, who are uh, showing up on the Southern border. This is such a BS, uh, you know, the, I, I, you're barely described, dis- uh, barely hiding the, the pure Racism and hatred, anti-Christian hatred, Bob, that is bleeding through your words. I, I, you know, I'm used to seeing it on Fox News. I, I, I see Ann Coulter saying, "Oh, these are just child actors." You know, you're, you're used to seeing it in these 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 just sick and twisted venues. But phew, calling into this program with this kind of crap, I, you know, I'm just, I'm I'm just I'm not putting up with it. I'm not. I am not. Thanks so much for being with us today. What a day. Yeah, what a day. And as as Trump is uh, saying, hey, look over here at this shiny object, these refugees, uh, the Republicans just dropped a bill in the House of Representatives to cut Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid by over a trillion dollars. Seriously. I just tweeted out the Washington Post story. Check it out. So don't forget, it's not a time to go to sleep. It's a time for activism. It's the best therapy, in fact. Get out there, get active, tag. You're it. Get active. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.
2: You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.